Hello, and welcome back to the redo. If any of you remember us, <laughs> this is episode 16, uh, our first episode of 2020, if you can believe it. Happy 420, everyone. Quarantine podcast edition. Our last podcast was from March of 2019, so much has happened since then. Uh, this is Margot from Pacifico, California, and we've got John from Mexico. Yay. <laughs> Apparently, we we're going to talk about John somehow being in Mexico during all this coronavirus stuff um, in a future episode, <laughs> so you're going to have to stay tuned for all for that nice hook right but first we are going to talk about um our respective writing because we're both back to it now and john's doing the travel thing so we're back to the redo for real the original purpose of the redo right is, is for writing and travel so we're finally doing it <laughs> you're doing both i'm at home i'm not doing any writing i'm not doing any writing. you're doing the writing i'm doing the traveling oh no 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 don't be so modest john but anyway we'll get to it. um so you know uh since we've been in quarantine life uh, we have often thought about how to be productive, but it turns out you've been very productive. Um, you've been kicking out articles online. Your writing career is revived. It's here. <laughs> Always ever the hype man, no? Um, well, yeah. here's the thing. It's like, you know, I had to do that whole cheesy when life gives you lemons, make lemonade because I lost all my work. So mm -hmm. I have nothing to do right now, but write. You, your first piece was about um, losing your job because of yes. COVID madness. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, give us a quick little brief of it. So people who have not read the article, which they mm -hmm. should have. Yes, um, if you want to read it, it, it's on the bold italic. Uh, yeah, basically. So um, with all the coronavirus stuff and just having people slowly or very quickly just work from home if they can and just banning large gatherings, like being an on-site caterer, that means like zero clientele. And so I feel like restaurant industry, anything related to that really felt the brunt first. So it was like no work all of a sudden. Um, so I wrote about it. I th my thing right now is like striking while the iron is hot. So I think I just got really lucky with the timing and the pitch. It was like, okay, do this. Cause I was just going to put it on my, on my regular medium, just as a like journalistic, like boohoo, this sucks. And I was like, wait, if I have no money, <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. I just try to get some money and back into the game kind of. So that's been a lot of my time and just like trying to kick out articles, but you can trying to get back into that writer life. And then, um, you know, kind of slowly yet also quickly being reacquainted with both the ups and the downs of being a freelance writer, which <laughs> I haven't been in a long time. So. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about is your, your, your back, you know, the freelance writing, the ups and downs. I've never freelanced, so I don't know the ups or downs. I don't know how to pitch. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So I'd love to hear about this, the writing half of the process. The writing part? Yeah, the writing, the pitching, the sort of how long did it take, the editing. Mm. Like it just was, did it feel comfortable again? Or you're like, oh boy, flashback. It was both. Like, of course, in the beginning, I was like, yes. And, you know, because it was like first, you know, first time getting accepted, getting it pushed up pretty quickly, the adrenaline rush. The kind where you're like just getting back into it and posting on all of your social media <laughs> for every single thing that you write because <laughs> you're like, yes. look, mom, I did it. As opposed to people who do it for a full time, they're like, this is just my job <laughs> and you don't need to know about it, not necessarily. Um, but it's been a combination of, you know, having things written already and being like, here's my link to my draft, have a look, if, see if you're inter interested or not, versus also just having like a well-outlined pitch without have, actually having written anything yet. Um, and so far, both have worked, just depending, again, on the timing of everything. Um, it's been mostly for one publication, but I am start now that I'm starting to feel some rejection now. <laughs> oh, you're feeling rejection? Today's been a reject day, actually. Uh, and I still think about the thing that you told me that one of your writer acquaintances said is like strive to get a hundred rejections per year. 
And I feel like that's a good attitude to have because it just makes you keep going versus like like just quitting after getting one because you're like, oh, I suck. Okay, I'll stop. Are you stupid, are you right? pitching like every day? Am I? No, I'm not. See, here's the oh, here's okay. it's the good and the bad. Like this is the most writing I've done in the past few years, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that said, you know, considering that I don't really have any other work, it's been about one piece a week, whether it's been published or not yet, just pr- producing like a full piece. Which seems like that'd be like something that you do if you have another job, right? And you do this on the side. So I'm kind of like, oh, should I be doing more? Um, I'm also supposed to be applying to full-time jobs as well because I did get on partial unemployment, which is a thing which I'd never knew about before. Congrats. That's a whole thing too. Yeah. And anyway, back to the writing. Yeah, it's, it's it's been good. But the whole like... Just the turnaround for internet stuff is just, you know, uh, I hate it. You know, it's like, can I have time to do good reporting or, you know, Before you editing? did newspapers, right? I mean, so I you was. didn't have to do internet time. You never had to do internet turnaround time. Kind of. I mean, I remember like I was I was working as a full-time journalist kind of during the transition, like the, the when print media started to die and everyone was going online. Uh, I was kind of in between that. And so I know some things do have to be really quick, but it just feels like things are have to be even quicker now. And I, I hate that. That like, it feels like a, you're in like a, uh, what is that? Not a, a corkscrew. <laughs> I can't, like a press. It's just like slowly turning and getting tighter, you know, but really quickly. Anyway. Do you think that, I mean, is, is the thrill still there when, when it, when it, when it came back, the piece published or like you're done with something? Are you like, oh, that was great. It is, you know, actually it still is. And, but, uh, and I've noticed like, just because I'm older as a person, hopefully more mature. And so therefore I, if, feels like my writing is more mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope so. I hope it's a little better than it was before. Um, it reads I feel great. Like I'm You're a real journalist, Margot. Who knew? A what? <laughs> You're a real journalist. Who knew? Am I? <laughs> we'll see. Yes, we'll see. Yes. <laughs> so again, I keep telling everyone, strike while the iron is hot. <laughs> and I think that's part of the maturity too, is like, again, you don't have to be the best writer. You just have to like get your timing right and, and understand like how you can have the edge over other people. So... <laughs> How did you come up with this idea for your second piece for your um, the sex workers during the crisis? Mm. Because you you had to source a lot of people. I saw like you talked to a lot of people. You mm-hmm. you know talk to me about that one because that is in your area of expertise also. Inter- oh, it was like yeah, that I mean, it's interesting. Again, it's always funny where you know people who know you. But then they see something that you've produced that might seem surprising to them, depending on how and what part of your life they've known you. You know, I used to bartend at a strip club. I mean, I like wasn't, you know, so it was kind of in that world, kind of not, sort of in between again. Um, And so I was just thinking about how, you know, like I can apply for partial unemployment because I have a legal like W-2 job. Um, But then what kind of got me thinking about that, and it's not directly, but my boyfriend's a musician. So at the time, there was nothing that independent contractors gig workers could apply for. Um, so I was like, okay, well, who else can't apply for anything? And that was sex workers was one of the groups that, I, that uh, came up in my mind. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on? What, what's out there for them? Anything different? Blah, blah, blah. And that was just the motivation for that. Just kind of like, okay, why well, I wrote about what's happening for my industry. Like, how can I get outside of myself and write about somebody else? And, and yeah, as I'd written a couple of pieces before about sex workers in Hawaii, like to varying degrees, just like a, a couple. So it's all, I mean, you know, needless to say, it's, it's always a really interesting topic. Um, and I think everything with, again, going back to internet now, like things have changed so much and have moved so quickly. So it's like, it's almost, you're like, oh, this is like crazy. Um, just in terms of like what the options are, how you're supposed to keep up with the game. 
how quickly you're supposed to turn out content, like blah, blah, blah. How do you, you know, market yourself without giving too much away for free, like on your Twitter? It's just, yeah, kind of crazy. So I, yeah, working on a few other pieces, every piece that I've written so far has, they've all been different. Um, and if they all feel good, they all feel right. Anyway, that's my. Are you finishing the pieces before you send them out? It depends. Uh, the, the first, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I actually already have it written because I wanted to write okay. it no matter what. And then, and usually the ones that I write first are like the ones that I really want to do for myself. And then I realize, oh, let me try to make some money off of this <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, you know, sort of. Give us a hint of what might be next. Since it Ew, could be a we'll see. We'll see. But it depends on the, the rejection or not. I oh, heard right. something regarding spam. Uh, spam. Like actual spam. The literal spam. to shelter in place and the cabin Love fever it. stuff. So <laughs> we'll see. I've been trying to shop that one around. And if I can't get it published, I'm, I'm just going to put it up myself. And, but, you know, but that's another question. Like, where's, what's the line? Like, should you use say your medium account or whatnot to put as like a, a, a piece graveyard? Would anyone care about that? You know, I, guess. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, the thing that I read from most writers nowadays is just newsletters. I read their personal mm. newsletters. Mm -hmm. I very rarely sort of like see blogs anymore. Um, but yeah, there's, I feel like a lot of people are doing like newsletters because you can get like support through them, a little Patreon reporting, oh. a little bit of money. Um, also, I think that's kind of the way people have moved away from blogs, but blogs are still there. Medium, I don't know, because Medium does have a pay wall right they do and they've been changing yeah. a lot too in the past few years yeah so i mean they i mean i used to read a lot of medium but less so now mm -hmm. uh, maybe because of the paywall i'm not entirely sure but it was prescient of you to do some medium articles before because you did it what like a year ago you said you were like doing some medium articles and stuff and putting i in your did just for online. myself and it, yeah just having like two, like five people read them or something but yeah, I think that did help. It's like, at least I did have an account to show like, oh, I care about this platform. Publish me on it and pay me. Please. Right, right. One thing I didn't realize, that, you know, they have all these offshoots now. Like, you know, it's like, oh, uh, this one's for women of color. Like this newsletter for medium is for men of color. This is for tech. This is oh. for whatever. And they're drawing people who used to be like these huge like editors and chiefs from established publications. Um, right. So, I mean, I'm just still trying to follow it. I'm like, what's going on? Who should I write for? Like, still not profitable, but you have money to pay like I, yeah, that's always been confusing to me. <laughs> but um, yes, you were the first person to be like, blogs are over. You have to, it's all about thought pieces. <laughs> and now thought pieces are also over. Is medium over now? It's newsletters. <laughs> now it's newsletters, and that you might have be newsletters. Yeah, I have like fun newsletters. But you know, for example, the the newsletter that I read the most now is I think this guy just basically talks about monopolies. So okay. um, he writes a lot about the virus. Um, he's writing a lot about like the cheer monopoly of like cheerleaders and stuff. So it's pretty interesting and it's free, but he also has paid content. So a lot of this content is free, but like you can subscribe and pay him, you know, however much like two, three dollars, five dollars a month. And then he has other subscription content, you know, but he's doing kind of reporting on very focused items. Um, mm -hmm. I tend to read like newsletters are just personal. So I don't really care what the content is. I just like the writing or the people. Dude, actually that, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. No, actually that kind of reminds me. So this guy um, who's starting this new sort of writing website, it's called Bard and the website is getbard.com. Okay. And he, it's it's like super new. It's not even really up yet. I mean, the general like manifesto or about of the company is up, but he is basically saying like writers, we feel you. How you know if you write for 
an online publication or platform, you might get paid a flat fee. But even if your story gets a, like, you know, 10,000 hits, you don't see any extra revenue. He's like, that's not what we believe. And so speaking to what you just said about how sometimes you just like a writer, he's trying to set up this platform where essentially it's like patrons subscribe to different writers um, and, you know, support them monetarily. And whether that means that you're a new writer, just trying to figure out your voice or yeah, the people just want to follow you because they like your personality and or the subject or subjects that you read about. Um, so he's trying that model out. So that sounds really interesting. And I'm definitely curious to see how that turns out. I, I told him I'd be on board, uh, I think, but that, to- that, like, that you totally just hit on the head. So he's tapping into something. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, because if, you know, as a journalist, if you're actually following something that is like needs professional reporting or something like that, I think people tend to say, oh, that's worthy of like supporting, you know, but if you're just kind of like essentially blogging, I think people are like, well, why am I paying you for just blogging? But it's true. You know, people are doing that. Like I'm, I'll pay somebody $5 a month just because I like to hear what they're doing and thinking. That's so know? nice of you, John. Um, and by the way, you should also subscribe to John's newsletter. <laughs> it's, he's great. Yes. I, I enjoy it. He's so It's well. defunct, but it's coming. Is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Cool it now. It's kind of defunct. Cool I, it now. You should, cool it now. You should get a su- subscribers. I'll subscribe to your newsletter. I don't have any cool things anymore to talk about. So, you know, I'm out of cool things to discuss. (laughs) Not true. Well, speaking of John's writings, well, John's an author. He writes books. I have no clue as to how to do a book. So that's always fascinating to me. Well, Margo, um, as it turns out, I don't know how to write a book either. (laughs) That's not true. Because I was just fired from my latest project. Didn't you say you did it on purpose? Well, I'm like a self-sabotager. So it's really my fault. You know, um, I mean, the good news is that I I attempted to write a book and it took me, you know, in the year of since getting the book contract and doing it, I did write many drafts and I did learn a lot. And, you know, I I thought I knew how to write a book, um, but as it turns out, I don't. Was it? a different kind of book than you that you written uh, than from what you've done before yeah i mean this one was definitely like it, it was a kind of like a heist novel so there had to be kind of Ooh. plot heavy and oh, i yeah. used a lot of spreadsheets and i you know I, I have to recommend this and i never did this before i had read a ton of how-to books mm. um like how to structure things how to do this and i never really did that before um i guess i'm kind of just shocked how i got to here you know i've written but books you before. were just like a self-taught writer and you, you just got you became successful with your books a successful stretching it but um you know <laughs> you i just co- I, I knew what to do from copying it's kind of like cooking right Suddenly, like if you watch enough people cook, you're like, well, I, I could probably try to do it, right? You can make like a like a like a version of something, but then when you really study it, you're like, oh, the butter is in here to do this. You put salt on vegetables to do that, right? You don't before you didn't really know what you were doing per se, hmm. but the how to the details tells you like why is dialogue going here? Why is this scene this long? That kind of stuff, you know, and not just plotting, just details. Like, and I'm not. I always thought like details was like grammar or punctuation. That stuff I don't know about i don't care about but having read so many how-to books now i'm like oh i get it of so many new things so unfortunately my will petered out before my actual ability to finish the book well well, i have so many questions i have so many questions for you a what prompted you to read the how-to books being the seasoned and successful book writer that you are everyone john has like several published books so don't don't be fooled 
I had to because I didn't know how to plot things because I've never had a book where I had to plot something. And in this particular project, they gave me they gave me like sort of the general plot, but I had to sort of give a more detailed plot. And, you know, aside from sort of just studying something like it's a heist book. So I had watched a lot of heist movies and read a lot of heist books. And I'm like, these are so good. How do they do it? <laughs> As it turns out, there's formulas, you know, right. just like if you were to write anything, a movie, something very plot heavy, like at 90 minutes, this happens at page 50. This happens like there's a, you know, there's mm. definitely a formula in a class and like you can do all this kind of by feel mm -hmm. but you know i think to get better you have to know how to do the formula and then you can tweak it right but you still have to know the formula that is essentially what prompted me and also i had forgotten that in the beginning of my writing career i kind of did this also with a how-to book like how to write a how-to book oh yeah that's right <laughs> So I had a lot of how-to books back then and That's then like so how meta. to edit yeah. or how to something very meta. Yes. But you know, like everything is out there and now there's a lot more resources and you know, literally I was had to design sort of like a magic system for my book. And my first draft was like, just magic does this magic does that. And then I found a book that's like how to design a magic system. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, magic, magic, the gathering. So I was thinking about like magician. I was confused. No, like literally, no, like magic, like, you know, Lord of the Rings magic. Like, how does it work? Something like, you know, these things that, you know, and it, it brought me a lot back to my my D and D roots because that's essentially what D and D is. <laughs> You're making all these rules for your universe, and I'm starting to play D and D again. Actually, <laughs> I have a short thing to say. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm like you know all these skills that I had as a teenager of building worlds is what I have to do in this book. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know I I just couldn't do it. My deadline passed. Like how far into it were you? Like were you like ninety percent done? Oh, I finished. I mean, I finished. You know, I did maybe four drafts, and each draft. Oh my took god, maybe, that sounds excruciating. I should have been done. Here's the thing. I'm bad at writing under pressure and I'm also bad at sort of, I, you know, first, first draft was like, yeah, having a deadline and also like, it's very long, mm -hmm. you know, so and I've never written a book this long, you know, um, and so that was a little bit, at first that was a challenge and then I started writing too long, but then, you know, near the end, I was just like, man, I thought it'd be done by then and this, and I started to feel like this is, I'm the person to write this book in the beginning. And now I'm like, I'm definitely not the person to write this book because it just wasn't good. Where do you think things like took turn or maybe it is good and you just didn't want to do it? No, it's not good. I mean, some of it was good. Some of it was good. <laughs> uh, I I think some of it was good. But for example, I kept on rewriting the opening three to five chapters every draft. And each time it would get better, but different. And that would mm -hmm. ch subsequently change a lot of things. So by the end, like the ending would be not there. And then the ideas I had for the project, you know, would kind of change. The good thing is I did. So I was talking to my friend, um, his, my friend, Victor. And I'd talk to him every like four or five days, maybe even more often That's to bounce so ideas back and forth. Oh, it's very sweet because he's getting nothing from it. Uh, I just talk to him about like, what do you think about this plot point? What do you think about this character's motivation? Um, but I think that's the way to go. Like for me, collaboration is the best part of the writing process. And so I think for my next projects, I need to do that. Did you get paid like a, some sort of cancellation fee for your time? Well, okay. So I don't know. Um, oh. We got paid. Oh. Here's the thing. I've, I've, I've been fired off books before. <laughs> so this is not new. Because you I, like make it happen, not because... <laughs> Well, eh, no, it's always the same, same reason. Like I, 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 this is like my life, you know, I start things with great enthusiasm and I peter out. This is not true. You're very good at follow through, by the way, all no, your spreadsheets and whatnot. I had, I am good at spreadsheets. It's true. Um, but I, you know, I got paid the advance. So we just kept advance. As far as I know, we don't have to give the money back. I'm not sure yet. Who's we, by the way? Oh, we, the agent, my agent. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we did get paid amount and I, sh and then the other payments, I don't get paid obviously because I didn't turn in the final draft. Mm-hmm. 
and they were pushing. I mean, it was a fast deadline and they knew it and I knew it, but I thought I could do it. And I even got an extension uh, of two months that I should have been able to do, but like I just couldn't do it. And so now the other lesson I've learned from writing this particular book is that I do want to write. I hate it, but I do want to write, but I need to write a project that's done already. Are you, so how long has it been since you got fired from this book? Two months. Two months. Okay. Do you feel rested and re- recovered from that experience? Like, do you feel like you're writing again or you want to write again? I know what I want to write next and I'm going to finish the book before I sell it, which is Ooh. usually not For you, I that's do. unusual. It's very unusual, but I know what I want to write. Is that, oh yeah. My question to ask you now, like, how do you usually pitch a book? So you, or do, you usually get books handed to you kind of like Yeah, I don't pitch anything. <laughs> my what? agent That like, sounds like the life. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds like, I know it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, my agent's like, this sounds like you sh- could do this or you want to do this and I'll sell it. I'm like, okay, sounds great. Uh, but the downside is that it's always on their deadline and I, I'm very good at writing three chapters. So like I got this deal like very quickly, like literally like in like four days, I, I heard about it. I wrote it in two days and I sent it in and we heard like that afternoon and they're like, we want you. So it's like amazing, a, right? Is there a job where you can just do that for a living? Like just write three chapters all the time yes, and give it to somebody My else? My friend does that. Really? I mean, they, they are basically a packaging company and they come up with ideas and they find the writers and they kind of plot it out. So I think that should be my aspiration is to become like part of a packaging team or something mm-hmm. like where that's I don't have to do the and then you have to sort of attention writing. span right? yeah I mean now I just want to move to TV because TV's where the money is and in theory it's easier to write as far as shorter um, but just hard to get made but there's a lot more money in it so let's go Margo um, yeah it's all about new endeavors right it's like oh we're writers but now that we're older <laughs> things are, the world is different now how can that that change words are cheap video is expensive <laughs> See, I'm still a dinosaur. I'm like, don't give me any moving pictures. I cannot handle that. I can't even do the dialogue TikTok. Is okay, cheaper. it's fine. So your agent is not mad at you, or like, what's? <laughs> oh well. So I'm very good friends with my agent. Uh, she, there was definitely a point where I was like, essentially avoiding her calls for a while because I'm also bad with that. And um, she did get mad at me and our friendship, you know, is fine. I mean, we're such close friends. It's totally fine. But she did get mad at me. I just feel really bad. I actually still need to email my editor because I feel terrible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're not mad per se. And this happens obviously across the industry. But at the same time, I just felt really bad because I kept on saying I could do it and then I couldn't do it. Is this going to affect your ability to get another book? I don't think so. I mean, not really. The the only thing that affects is my inability to finish things. It's just because you you can do it. You just didn't want to. Um, and also, so that company, now that with this book, can they take what you wrote and pass it on to somebody else? Or do they have to kind of start all over again with a new writer with the same plot? Yeah, you know, I don't know. So part of the rush is that they wanted to kind of capitalize on the Asian American moment. The young adult Asian American thing is huge, right? Yeah. So I don't know if they're getting a new writer. I mean, I think to me, I'd be very happy if they found a new writer and did this because I'd love to see what they did with it. Mm-hmm. But from what I've heard from my agent is that they're just shelving the project. Even though I think it's a good idea and a great idea, I don't think anyone's writing it as far as I know. Mm. I don't know. So, but yeah, they have the rights to it. I don't have rights to it at all. They have everything. And it was supposed to be like, it's like IP rights. So it's like the book and then like the TV or the movie or book, whatever they want to spin oh off. Oh my God, off. John. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. I don't get that money anyway. All I get is the book money, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I guess, you know, my dreams of becoming a writer, once again, will be put on hold. You know what? It's, it just sounds like you, you you clarified your vision more. You had a lot of good lessons, exercises, yes. et cetera. Oh, fail. one more question about that. Um, yeah. From all of your how-to books, do, would you recommend at least one? Um, yes, I would really recommend one. It's called How to Save a Cat or something. Uh, how to Write a Cat or something. Uh, I have to get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> 
this one, I mean, this one is really helpful as far as plotting because it's originally a series made for screenplays, but this one was made for books and they had formats for sort of different kind of plots. And it really explained to me how sort of to plot, you know, in the beginning is like this scene and like 20% is like, you know, I don't know. It's just really, it's called, let me see, Save the Cat, the last book on screenwriting you'll ever need. But the version I got is Save the Cat and it's about books, not screenwriting. I'll link to it. Very cool. Mm -hmm. That one's really important. And I got put onto it because my other friend, um, he just put out his book about screenwriting through the same company. And I'm like, oh, let me browse the website. And so I found this book. But yeah, this, I mean, really almost any how-to book will help, I think, if you don't know the basics. And even though I have written books and I know how to write, I also did not know the basics. And I was also talking to my friend um, through like a book project of hers. And through that, I was like, oh, I guess I know more about books than I thought. Mm-hmm. So trying to, like, like as always, I'm good at giving other people homework. <laughs> so I'd be like, here's what you should do with your book and do some plots and write some stuff down. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I do know how to organize the way to write a book. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? So yeah. That's very cool. So, it's just like, I think just to be humble enough to just be like, okay, uh, you know, I've done a lot of this stuff. I know a lot of stuff. However, there's still much more to learn and I'm not not open to it. Yeah. I would like to finish something. Um, you <laughs> My next book will be called How to Fail at Writing a Book. Uh, it'll be ebook. <laughs> You're a like a non-satire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell you exactly how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I would read it. Um, Thank you. Well, quickly off that, then I taking of the books like and stuff like I've been trying to move into more like personal essay and memoir. And yes. again, like I I never had a writing degree or anything. I also just went by feel when I was, um, you know, doing it for a living. So the book that I have, that I, I need to start reading still, uh, still, but the recommendation came from the New York Times Modern Love editor as reading the guidelines for submissions for Modern Love. And it's actually, they're great guidelines because it's so long that it's like you're getting a free writing lecture. Such good pointers. And um, this book is called The Situation and the Story, The Art of Personal Narrative by Vivian Gornick. So I haven't cracked it open yet, but I did order it from um, my neighborhood independent bookstore. So <laughs> I'm trying to trying to do the good thing now. Um, but just this is the book like, recommendation, but also the modern love, like the, the things they're looking for. Is both yeah, things. you know, it's like for, okay. it was like it was tips um, for for pitching to them because they get like so many essays. And so I was curious. It's always been on my my list for like, oh, one day I'd love to do this. And so regardless of whether you submit to there or not, I feel like their tips are really good. Um, if you are mm. interested in that type of writing, I am. Oh yeah. yes, I will narrative. link it to you. Yes, perfect. Should we move on to our Zoom life? Yes, let us. Yes. So now that it's been sort of um, lockdown, COVID madness, um, there's been Zoom calling. People have been Zoom calling. Um, I have strong opinions about it. Um, do you? Have you been participating? I do. You know, it's uh, you know, I didn't even know what Zoom was till like a month ago. <laughs> I was like, what about Google? Google Hangouts? And does anyone even do Skype anymore? <laughs> I'm still like Skype. <laughs> But I guess because like a lot of people already have Zoom through work, if the lucky people who are still able to work full time. Corporate uh, people know about Zoom. We did not. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't know. And then here's the thing that's funny, though, about Zoom. Like everyone complains about it and but everyone still uses it. And so I'm not sure what the hell is going on. But, you know, got to go with the times. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And I I feel like I was just talking to a friend about how we kind of in, in this whole quarantine um, you know, we're on the same timeline because we're in the same city, but how like the weeks changed in terms of people's relationship to Zooming. 
how like maybe week two, everyone was like, oh God, I, I miss people. Like, hey, hey everyone, like let's let's do Zoom. You know, as if like no one has ever thought of that before. But it's like, you know, people you haven't Zoomed or, you know, FaceTimed or called probably sometimes in years across time zones, whatever. And it's like, oh, yay, like happy, lucky, like I love everyone. Let's do this again. We should do this more often, whatever. And then I feel like the week after that, there was like a lull. And part of it is I think the people who you have to actually use it for work were like, this is too much. <laughs> I oh, cannot I see. handle this. Too much screen time. And then I feel like week three was kind of like a little bit of a revival. Um, and then, yeah, it's, and now everyone's busy because they have too many Zoom appointments, right? Before it was like, oh yeah, everyone has time. We can just hang out as long as we want. And now it's like, hey, I have to go to like another game night or I have a birthday party to go to on Zoom. I haven't been to any Zoom birthday parties, by the way, but you just did, right? I just did, yeah. And the one I went to was very spectacular. I mean, there's like 30 people in there and it was like a game it was, show. It was spectacular? I mean, okay, well, here's my problem with Zoom is that, <laughs> you know, you can't have a conversation with like, you can't have a conversation with 10 people, much less 30 people, right? Um, this one's a little bit different because it was a format. They were like playing games and stuff. So it was like more special but like you know and i read this article about zoom how like yeah like in a normal setting of 10 people there's like five conversations going on you know it's not one conversation so like in a zoom call you can never sidebar anybody and i love side that was bars. my question yeah okay yeah, you can't i'm just texting my friends on the side or chatting them on the side <laughs> because the main conversation is happening like uh, depending how close the group is like you know you can't talk about everything right mm -hmm. uh, and you have to make sure people maybe they're not left out or you're talking you know four or five i think is manageable but the excitement of 10 people zooming is like oh like person a how are you doing and then everybody has to listen person sometimes you want to listen but you know after i think one hour of zoom is enough for me yes i think time limits are important because people will be like well what do you have to do where do you have to go and the answer is like nothing nowhere <laughs> yeah i you know the thing is i also don't like looking at my friends when i'm talking to them <laughs> No, I don't change those settings, though. I, I mean, I just don't want to be looking at people, period, when I'm talking to them. I prefer to just talk to you on the phone. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, audio so I can do other things or walk around. But, you know, in Zoom, you, you're basically just staring at them, <laughs> uh, which is fine <laughs> for a moment. Right. It's like kind of fun for a second. But the only thing I'm going on Zoom for that I like is watching TV together, maybe playing games. I've not I've um, not I've done the game thing. I haven't done the watch things together. Yeah, we watch MTV every Friday. Are you on like Netflix party or something? Uh we don't we can only share one Amazon Prime account to watch MTV <laughs> Challenge. Okay. So somebody has to screen share and the rest of us watch. Oh right, and you put that as your main screen. Exactly. <laughs> So um, it's not even a matter of sort of like we're doing it for fun. We're doing it out of necessity because only one of us has this MTV show because <laughs> I'm in Mexico and like doesn't have it here. So, you know, but yeah, it's, that's fun because, you know, we're actually doing an activity much like my normal life. I don't want to hang out. I want to do an activity. That's right. You have this whole, no, no you don't want to catch up, right? You want to yeah, do Yeah, I don't want to catch up. Yeah. Zooming's all catching up. <laughs> I mean, I've had like, a, apparently now that like my, one of my groups of friends has a standing game night, like on Jackbox um, for Zoom. So I've been on a couple of them and yeah, the, the, those can actually go on for hours, um, but they've become like, it's like, too big now. So I didn't go to the last one. I can't complain. I mean, it's great that it's like, yeah, let's bring everybody in. Um, but they they maxed out, I think at eight. So I think that, that's the biggest Zoom call I've been on. And it gets confusing to me. Um, but here's, okay, what do you have any views on having video versus not video? And like, when do you mute and all that? Like, I feel like there's sort of an etiquette, right? I, I still, I don't know any of this stuff. 
Um, I don't. I have only been on like four or five Zoom calls, so I don't know generally of etiquette. Uh, but I guess just muting. You know, in the last three-hour birthday phone call, I was basically on mute the whole time because I wasn't trying to say anything. I, I'd listen to it, but I wasn't even in front of my computer half the time. Yeah, but there's a point where it's like, yeah, I need to use the bathroom, guys. Or like, it's okay. Like, you can get a snack or. I mean, I eat on a lot of the Zoom calls, and I was like, is this rude, guys? <laughs> They're like, no, Well, okay, so here's the thing. So I did have friends who were eating during this birthday call, and they would go on darkness, like no video, right? And I'm like, you know what? That would be a lot more interesting to me. Like, that's a mukbang, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. It is mukbang. I know. I was. I had my sound on, too, though, because I was talking at the same time, because <laughs> I'm rude. <laughs> but if it was like 20 people all eating at the same time, then I would be intrigued. Right, because when people are having dinner parties, well, I was going to ask you, like, did you all coordinate? Um, like, I know some some bakeries, you know, restaurants are trying to stay alive by selling these party packages. Like, oh, if you're having a Zoom birthday party, well, if you can, each person can order a small cake from us, and you all you all can, assuming you're in the same locale, you can all eat like this mini cake together or whatever. So, did you guys do any of that? Uh, no, I don't. I wouldn't participate in these kind of things. I, I have. I don't need togetherness. I mean, do you? I mean, I, don't, I guess that's something I should. I'm ask surprised you. I haven't actually speaking because I love food and I'm all about going out to eat and catch up because I, I like catching up, unlike you. <laughs> Are you missing the social aspect of your life? I I mean, I am. So I live with my boyfriend and we have right. this little segue into the next thing at some point, a cat. So it's not um, like I'm totally alone. And I think because I was having trouble focusing on the things that I wanted to do when I did have my job, uh, this has been in a way good for me just to like focus I'm like, oh, these are all, you know, one of my, my friends joked, she's like, because I was like, hey, because we're talking, you know, of course, everyone's been cooking, sewing face masks. And, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I have I have more candle making supplies now. And she was like, why are we all turning Amish? And I was like, yes, yeah, because we're at home and learning semi-survival skills, I guess. And and whatnot. Um, so it hasn't been as bad for me, I think, as it, I think for some people, like, I really worry about my friends who are super social and they're alone. I'm like, oh my God, are they like going crazy? Like, are they just on Zoom all the time? I'm not sure. And even like one of my friends who's married, so she has somebody to talk to. She, even she's like, I'm feeling so isolated. Like, does anyone want to do a museum tour with me this weekend or whatnot? So it's been interesting to see like how, how, how it affects different people. And the weird part is like, it actually hasn't been that long. It's been no time. It's been like three, four weeks, five weeks. No, I know. That's like the, we're like, everyone is so weak. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What are, what are people complaining about? I mean, economically, of course, it's been freaking terrible for a lot of people, yeah. a lot of businesses, but like just as humans, like in terms of surviving or whatnot, it's like, dude, you're staying. I mean, assuming that you can, you know, make your rent and have grocery money, uh, then it's not, not that hard, you know, <laughs> and it hasn't been that long. <laughs> <laughs> really, you know, I mean, in, in some ways, like, of course, people like want to see their friends and stuff. But it, I think some of it is what teaches you is like, you're talking to the I'm talking to the same friends I talked to before anyway, because it's online. You know, what I'm saying like, I'm texting you like if you're in my life, I'm texting you anyway. People I'm not seeing other people in the same city with, right? Like maybe I don't see you for dinner. Maybe you're out of the physical rotation. But uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a super extrovert, but I can also sit in my house for a long time and do nothing. Right, because you built your own cafe and karaoke club in your yeah, house. Yeah, that's my dream. My dream is to just stay in my house. Um, stay home club, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is, you know, but I do, I am curious about the people who are suffering from it and how they really can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, like how are they, are they finding new hobbies? Are they sort of like just drinking a lot? Like what are they mm-hmm. doing, you know? Yeah, all the above right like yeah are you know about that you know there's at the end of the pressure to be like oh you have to come out of this like either super buff or you wrote a whole novel or you know you're like oh you can make a table now or something like that <laughs> <laughs> make some candles 
That is definitely happening this week. <laughs> some shitty candles I can put on Regretsy or something. Should we talk about some cats? Yes, then the, this segues into cats because we are yeah. living... Oh, I'll have you talk about this. Tell me about your cat history. No, I don't know anything about your cat history. Oh, yeah. Well, it's weird because I think both John and I are living with cats right now. And it's yeah. weird because neither of us are cat people. Correct. Neither of us are pet people. We didn't grow up with pets. Um, and I, you know, I know some people are naturally pet people. Like my little brother, since he was like, a baby, like tries to grab every, every furry animal he sees. And sometimes they run away from him. <laughs> but generally, he's good with them. Um, but my excuse is always like, oh, I didn't grow up with any. So I get weird about around them. Like I'm basically kind of scared. I mean, I think that's natural. You're like, oh, my God, I don't know your behavior. And you have claws and teeth. So <laughs> what's going on? Um, but we got a cat in October, a black cat, Halloween cat. We, as in you guys both wanted a cat. Okay, so the thing is, so my boyfriend grew up with cats. Like his parents are total cat people. I'm just going to say they have all their cats in their closet. They all got cremated. So the <laughs> it's real. I thought they were joking at first. They're like, oh, the cat's in the closet. And then they showed them all to us. So they're they're awesome, but they're just this is just shows a level of like cat loving. That yeah, like pet hoarding. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So in the time that we've we've been living together, this is the first time he's never been around a pet before. Because even in his previous living arrangement, he didn't have a cat himself, but his roommate did at least. And so like, he had his like furry Prozac, so what he calls it, um, yes, to help him out. So he would talk about how he wanted a pet constantly, and like, he was getting sad about it and so at some point um he asked our landlord because originally our contract says no pets but he asked our landlord hey it's okay we get a cat and he actually said a cat is okay which we were both really surprised about and he didn't ask for an extra rent or deposit although i'm pretty sure we're gonna have to pay for some new blinds (laughs) because cats are destructive they can be actually this one's pretty good he's actually a pretty good cat in general his name is frank sinatra because he has blue eyes but we call him Frankie for short. He's super friendly. He's really cute. He's social. He's almost like a dog. He's nine months now. So he's still technically a kitty, but he's full grown. He's overall, he's great. He just like gets kind of hyper and curious sometimes. So you're like, oh my God, you not. How would you, you know? Not. You have no comparison to other cats. Just other cats that my friends have had, I guess. And just, I've been around. Hard stories. Yes. I mean, as far as I know, I'm definitely, I was groomed to like black cats because I have a couple other friends who have black cats. And so I'm like pro, I hate long-haired cats. So this one's short hair. He doesn't shed that much. He doesn't poop or pee anywhere weird, which I hear is like kind of normal if they are feeling out of place or whatever. He adjusted really quickly. He's very loving. Um, and it's been great to have him now because, you know, it's like a therapy animal almost. Has has improved uh, your partner's mood considerably. Yeah, 100%. You, you see it happen. You're like 100%. You're like, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's like he doesn't talk about how he wants a chihuahua all the time anymore. Those <laughs> you want it. <laughs> and I you know I see them cuddling. I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Do you cuddle with the cat? Yeah, that's my thing. It's so it's so weird now. And people are like, wait, you have a cat? What's going on? And I was like, I know. Hell had frozen over again. Once what two years ago when I got a car <laughs> and then now I have a cat. Suburbs, car, cat. What's next? Oh my God. I know. <laughs> Anyway, enough about my life transformation, but you living with a cat too. Tell me more. I lived with cats before. Um, I used to be like an animal person and right after college, we had a cat at our apartment. And Was it her cat you know, or your? Or it, was her, it was her cat. My mm. friend gave it to her when they were dating, which is like when you give a pet to somebody and you're dating, that's really like the worst and best present because that thing sticks around for like 13 years, right? Yes. I believe this cat At least it wasn't alive. a reptile. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you know, just don't give puppies. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, your relationship's not going to last that long. I witnessed that like last year. Yeah, it's it's a big mistake, but it's like undying love, right? Let me give you this puppy. Like, great. Um, I just don't like animals. Um, but you know, this this cat would just hang out with me all day because I was at home all day. You know, 20 years ago, I also stayed at home all day. Uh, so it would really be like, we just want to hang out with me all the time. And I was allergic to cats. And my girlfriend at the time was also allergic to cats. So we would just like shelter in my room <laughs> while this cat has the run of the rest of the place. Uh-huh. And it shed and it meowed and just a lot of stuff, you know. So I've been around cats. A lot of my friends are cat people. I love cat people, right? And part of me has sort of just come to terms with the idea that, you know, chances are the kind of people I hang out with or maybe like will eventually date are probably cat people. Why do you think uh, this is? People. Why? Because cat people are like the kind of people I like. You know, they're they more stay at home, I feel. Or they're stay they? at home. Maybe they like books. Uh, maybe they're more emotional. Maybe they're smarter. I don't know. Um, this is what my boyfriend said. He's like, cat people are sending really smart. <laughs> it's like, okay. Dog people, come on. Let's be real. You know, it's. They're they're probably, dog people are probably like. Do you think dog people are more fit on the whole because they go jogging with their dogs? Oh, yeah. I mean, dog, you know, dog people are happier. They're probably just, you know, probably better people. But cat people are more complex, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. You know, cats cats need a lot of work, but they also don't need a lot of work. Whereas a dog needs a lot of work constantly. You know, cats are more fickle. You know, I feel like yes. dogs just kind of love you and people want the unconditional love. Um, but, you know, living with cat, it's okay. You know, my OCD is such a big high nowadays that <laughs> I just don't want anything human or you know living although we did get this new little wire cutter recommended uh, water thing for the cat and it's very cute maybe you guys need one I'll show you what it is it's like a little flower pot that just the, the water keeps on going you know that sounds so cute yeah um, but you know I think when you're a cat person maybe with a dog person too you have a symbiotic relationship with this pet mm-hmm. you know and uh, so my girlfriend she's like you know the cat sucks up her bad energy and like helps her feel great you know just all these things that the pet does so I've had right. to just yeah, really therapy animal basically mm-hmm. yeah therapy animal you know and so like do I love the cat <laughs> only in context of the girlfriend right <laughs> Wait, what kind of cat is around your house right now? It's a black cat named Freddy. <gasps> it's almost near mine. Yeah, we're living the same life. What color are your cat's eyes? I don't think they're blue. Okay, it's probably um, green. I, I believe they're green. Yes, I believe they're green. Is he a nice cat? Uh... He's fine. He's just spoiled. You know, he's fat. <laughs> uh, he's spoiled. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, he, the thing is, he gets upset. Pets get upset. Uh, you leave them alone too long. I heard that when you leave the house, you should have a pet sitter for your cat. I read this online. And like they for come how? Two, I mean, like extended periods of time? Yeah. If you No, if you leave for like any amount of time, you should, not just the food and the water and the litter, but you should have, you know, someone come by once or twice a day. And the thing is, when I was young, I used to be a cat sitter <laughs> for my neighbors. Okay. I used to love cats. Wait, what? Um, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I used to love cats, but no longer. Um, what happened? OCD and just age, you know. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. I can see the OCD thing because you're like, yeah. uh, you just took a poop. Like you have litter on your face. What's going on? Yeah, I mean the Shutting litter is a problem. You can get this mat where the litter doesn't go as far. Mm-hmm. But you know, cats like to dig things. They like to claw things. They like to like, yep. you know. I mean, they're not as gross as dogs. <laughs> That's been my big thing to like convert me sort of to be more of a cat person, although I'm still not a pet person. Is that they're just so much easier and cleaner. Much easier. Oh the thing is, I, st- I even though I have a cat now, I don't. I don't like cats more. Like I just. I think I just like my cat slash any cat that looks like my cat, aka a black cat, short haired black cat. Only cats. black cats. 
I think so. I, like I said, I hate long-haired cats. I hate cats that are like super big and the hairless cats, like those are, ugh, ugh, I can't, I cannot deal with it. Does your cat go outside? No, 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 no. The reason why, because we live, um, the where our patio oh, is, our apartment complex, we're on like this, this mountainside, this hillside. So the view is awesome. It's like ocean and mountain. That said, there are a lot of wild animals around. So we see like there are foxes, deers, hawks, buzzards, like there's all kinds of shit outside. So if our cat went outside, he'd probably get swooped up or eaten in like five minutes. So we're like, no, you cannot go outside. That makes sense. He, I mean, we we open the screen door, like with the the screen and he's like sniffing, he's sniffing the air. (laughs) And you had the cat as a kitten, right? Yes. And that's That's key too. Because he just, it was really cute. And he doesn't have any weird issues because we got him so young. So he would, it's not like he was abused before. Um, I mean, like, yeah, that's great if people can handle that, but he doesn't have any, like, random behaviors that we, you know, didn't see coming or anything. So, does he, wait, does your cat All have his any problems weird... are from you guys. You guys have uh, Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, fantastic. <laughs> does your cat have any weird things? Like, yeah. But, you know, when it's a pet, it's a cult personality. Uh, <laughs> in humans, called that's called flaws. Uh, but in pets, it's personality. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why that is. <laughs> According to whom? Cat people? I mean, I'm like, yes, yeah. I agree, but then I'm like, wait. <laughs> Cat people. Cat people are like, oh, my cat is the best cat, but you know they have anxiety or they have this or they can't do this. It's like a whole litany of things. I was like, okay, well, that's great, you know. Um, but every pet, I guess, comes with these things, and I guess humans come with flaws as well. I don't know. Um, but I'd say, you know, almost all my close friends or friends that I tend to like a lot, they're all cat people. So I hear about their cats a lot because nobody loves to talk about cats more than cat people. This is true. I yeah. don't think I'm that bad considering. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you, I mean, you should, right? I mean, when you're into it, you're into it uh i had cat jokes in my book because i was pattering oh. some of my characters after people i knew so there's a lot of cat talk in my book okay that's hardcore uh, <laughs> yeah i do have a, a cat folder in my phone of like videos and photos i'm surprised there aren't more of them but there are many there are hundreds of hundreds but yeah it's just you know having a pet you know i mean this cat is also the cat that's prevented me from returning to the states you're not sure if i can bring this cat back to san diego um <laughs> You have to Wait, you him. want to bring it back with you? I am confused. I mean, initially, when this happened, it was like, okay, let's run back to San Diego and quarantine there because my house is there. Like, you know, we still have outdoors and stuff. But it was like, okay, how can we bring this pet across the border and not have it be quarantined? Mm. But you have to ship it. You have to apparently you have to take AIDS tests for the cat and give it all. And these, I like, feel an AIDS test. Yeah, I didn't know about this. Um, no. But yeah, there's a lot of things you got to do to bring it across international borders, and maybe it's not that hard. But by the time we thought about it, the border had already closed anyway, so it wasn't a big problem. But I like to say that I'm here because of the cat. That sounds. I mean, this is true. What what a story for a cat person. Adds <laughs> additional drama. <laughs> Man, who knew? Who knew? I know. Uh, we've come down a dark road into the dark, dark world of like cat memes and cat photos. And I was like, I guess the number one cat in my life is still Hello Kitty. That's my perfect <laughs> <laughs> The original. Man, you yeah. don't forget how proper of you. I totally forgot about her. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I oh. never do. Never. Always in my heart. I mean, even though she had the word kitty, to me, she's not really a cat. I know. That's why I didn't think about it. She's clean. That's about it. Yeah, she's no mouth. Yeah, she's like a human hybrid with no mouth. It's actually pretty disturbing. But anyway. Okay, we're at 50 minutes. Should we do a wrap up? Yes, let's. Do you have a recommendation or we're just going to talk about things? Oh, well, I I know John had a bunch of recommendations. My recommendation is, well, I I did my book recommendation already of the situation and the story. My other recommendation, (laughs) I'm just going to say, I just want to say, I love lamp because I have this, I've been, I'm slowly building up my office suite. This is the first time I'm, I'm potting from like my desk as opposed to sitting on the floor with a mic propped up on a suitcase. That was the situation before. <laughs> mm. um, but it's like, I got obsessed 
with a Tiffany-style stained glass banker's lamp, very specific design and shape. And I love it. This is all just also just generally like light is a good thing. I think so. Anyone working in the dark, please don't do that. Light makes you happy. Send us the link for this lamp. I shall. All right. And that's my my panic recommendation right now. (laughs) All right. How about for you? My recommendation is that uh, there's a new to-do list app that I really love. Um, Margo and I used to use Wonderlist together. That was free and it's pretty good, uh, but it's going away in May. So in January, I made the transition to a paid app and it's pretty pricey. It's called Things 3, maybe $10 for the iOS version and then maybe like $30, maybe even more for the Mac version. But you really have to get both to sync them together. However, this is, it's really great. It's got more power. It's got more customization um, and I love lists. And uh, I actually already made a short podcast with my friend Victor about how we're organizing our things. I'll link to that as well. But now that I know you use use Wonderlist so often, I really think you should use this. And I've been very curious about how people make lists and keep things organized because I do use this and I'm still pretty not that organized. Um, but having seen Victor's list, it's like a to-do of what he has to do every day. Whereas I use it sort of store books I'm ready to watch, like, you know, like movies, TV, friends, like I've done everything using this. Oh, you have a list of friends? recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, I have. A, I now have a list of friends of rotating friends I need to just talk to or something. Um, oh, that's I, good. <laughs> I, I've been doing everything with this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I use mine for everything as well. This everyday, like groceries, specifically Costco, things I need to get from my parents' house, like toilet paper. Um, and then also like generally books. Yeah, books to read. Uh, TV shows, movies to watch. And then I always, I realize like, you know, in a conversation when people recommend things, even if I get around to writing it down, I need to put a quick annotation as to who told me or like maybe one or two words yes. about what it is. Because otherwise you look at it and you're like, what the hell is this? I have no idea. Garbage. And you delete it. And then you're like, wait, I wrote it down for a reason. So just having like a name and a description uh, helps a lot. And then yeah, I'm, I'm going to get this for you. You need it. Okay. No, I believe. Yeah. I'm, dude, no. you turn me on to Wonderlist and I use it every day. And that, okay, Wonderlist tells you that it's being rolled over or, you know, absorbed by a program by Microsoft called To Do. And I've been using it and I have to tell you, it really sucks. Like you don't, you can't customize it as well. It's just the things don't, yeah. I've been using it for like a few weeks now. Don't like it. So I'm going to strongly recommend that you don't use (laughs) ToDo. Yeah, the only bad thing about Things 3 is I don't think you can do a shared list as of right now between like mm. the two of us. Um, but I'll figure out how to do that. Yes, good. But yes, Things is the answer. It's prettier. It's nicer. At first glance, if you're not used to this kind of stuff, you're like, what's the big deal? Like, why is it worth $50? But it's worth every penny, um, <laughs> especially if you're a high-impact, productive individual like we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like having a to-do list is like when you buy a lot of great stationery and you're like, this is going to change my life. I'm going to be so organized and productive now. And then you just have it and it looks pretty. That's oh, I do, have a, I do have one recommendation for this to-do list. So what you can do with this one is that you can copy out a list. So when I recently went to Brazil and I was taking all these trips... I had the I actually had the same packing list basically for every trip, right? And I'm looking at my friend's to-do list and he does the same thing because he goes on a lot of bike rides. So he just dupes it out. He just copies it over. So like you can copy one out. Like this is my Brazil packing list. This is my Mexico packing list. Whereas before I was for some reason making a packing list every time. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Oh, for yourself, not to send to anyone else. Yeah, just it's like personal, right? Like I'd make a packing list, generic one, and I'd like, oh, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. Yes. But now I just oh, dupe it good. out. Like bring the hairdryer, bring the contacts, bring this. Right. You have so your basics it... that you always need. Exactly. And then and you I have like things that might be weather specific or what, or occasion specific. Exactly. This is great. I mean, I'm sold. Usually I don't like to pay for apps, but 
I feel like this is... You won't pay. I'll, I'll, I will get it for you, Margo. <laughs> I feel compelled. Please. This is good. Okay. No, no, no. Save your money, please. It's it's a gift from one unproductive writer to a productive no, one. No, John, we're unemployed. Like, don't... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not unemployed. I'm firing myself <laughs> in both book life and real life. <laughs> okay. Well, ever, thank you for listening. We, we, considering we haven't potted for a year, we kept this to a little bit less than an hour, which is amazing. Hope you're all staying safe and sheltered during this time. Hopefully this podcast uh, helped you pass by one more hour. (laughs) We'll be back soon. Indeed. Goodbye. Bye-bye.